from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on WakeUpCallDT.com and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Become a member on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and you will have the opportunity to connect with the show in a very special way by becoming a member on mixlr.com backslash DT. You'll be sent an email every single time the show goes live, and you'll have an opportunity to chat with me in the live chat room during the show on topics that we're discussing and on everything that's going on. So make sure that you do that. It's very easy to do. You go to mixlr.com backslash DT. Click on follow, and that'll prompt you to create what you need to create to connect with the show 24-7. So make sure that you do that, and thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast. And to all the members that we have, I appreciate you very much. There's so much to get into this morning, so much going on, so, so many conversations to have. So let's jump into the morning menu right now. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We have a lot to discuss this morning. We already have messages coming in about the NFL draft. The annoying moment of the week is going to start off the show, as it always does every Friday here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Then we'll get into significant sound bites at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. She promised me that I could do this. She kept her word, and I always appreciate this. We've known each other. I've been a broadcaster for 15 years. We've known each other for, I believe, 14 of those 15 years. She was part of the beginning of my broadcasting at Marywood University with MU Courtside, the simulcast TV and radio coverage of NCAA Division III Marywood men's and women's basketball. And now she has moved on to the next chapter of her life, which has taken her to Wilkes University, and that is Tara Machaco. She'll be joining me at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I wanted to tell her story. She said, absolutely. And it gave me the opportunity and the chance to be the one that tells her story moving from Marywood, where she's been for over a decade, over a dozen years, on to the Wilkes University team. And she started over at Wilkes, but became a head coach for the first time at Marywood. So we'll have some time with Tara Machaco this morning. And in the second hour of the show, I'm going ham on the NFL draft. For those of you that listened, if not, you can always go back and check it out on wakeupcalldt.com. Click on the RSS feed, the downloadable app powered by Podbean, the iTunes podcast, whatever. Or you can go straight to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com 
and check out the show there. Our mock draft between myself and Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. So I told you everybody where I thought they would go, who I thought they would take, position wise, this, that, and the other thing. Mike and I agreed on a bunch of the picks. And if we didn't have the exact names, we agreed most of the time on the position that a team should be choosing. But the draft was insane last night. It was crazy last night. The only thing crazier than than the draft was Avengers Infinity War. And no spoilers here today, folks. Don't worry. But it was just absolutely, positively, totally insane. The trades, the moves, the people that were picked up, the positions that people drafted, the Cleveland, what the Cleveland Browns did. It is, it's insane. Folks, all I can say to you is buckle in your seats for the second hour of this show, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time, because we're going to go cray-cray on the NFL draft round one. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Johnny's already commenting, our Central New York Detroit Lions fan. It wasn't the lineman that I thought it was going to be, but I like the pick. We need help in the run game, and to top it off, we need to keep Stafford upright. Church on that one, brother. But that you know that's where we stand as we head into this one. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I am ecstatic. Ecstatic this morning. Absolutely ecstatic about the opportunity to speak draft with you. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time with it. I mean, just I got to line up who I pick, who I said was going to get drafted. I have to line that up with who actually got drafted, and just go through this thing with you folks. I mean, this is just this is this is a little bit insane. The, the trading and everything that went on, it's it's just, it's insane. And, and you know, the Cleveland Browns, we'll get into it. I don't want to get too deep into it right now, but I'm just, <laughs> just going to say, Cleveland, you and I have to have a conversation, okay? Because do you want to be good? Do you want to win football games? Do you want to play in the NFL? Do you want to be successful in the NFL? Did you research the draft at all this year? Did you know what positions you needed? Did you remember what team you were drafting for? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Just when I thought the Cleveland Browns were going to be intelligent, they went and Cleveland Browns themselves again. Just when I thought the Cleveland Browns had some knowledge and wisdom, they done acted like the Cleveland Browns again. I, I, I We'll get into it. We'll get... I'm emotional. <laughs> so... We'll get into it. We'll talk about it in just a little bit here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. It's it's just Cleveland. I don't. If you're committed to losing, I understand your picks. Let me just say that much. If you're committed to losing football games, I understand your tournament. Your, the way that you went about. We'll talk about it. I respect the people that they chose. Not for Cleveland though. It's just. We'll talk about it. I'm having a moment. We'll talk about it. And the thing is, I'm not sitting here as a Cleveland fan. I'm an impartial broadcaster. I'm speaking truth and knowledge here. Uh, You know, I'm hoping that... uh, I am emotional today. That's what EctoCores said. EctoCores, there's a reason why I'm emotional today, okay? Let's get into the annoying moment of the week. I'll tell you why. Tortora proudly brings you... Is that for real? Are you kidding me? The Annoying Moment of the Week. I, I 
really honest. I don't know how to respond to this. Presented by Carvel DeWitt. 4322 East Genesee Street. It's what happy tastes like. Do you have to be that crazy? I guess so. The annoying moment of the week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt, 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York. It is what happy tastes like. And I'm going to need some Carvel after I have this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to need some Carvel. If, if, you know, if Carvel is what happy tastes like, which I know that it is, I'm going to need some Carvel to get some, to get some happy after, after this conversation that we're going to have to start off the show this morning. Okay. I am beside myself. Okay. And, and again, there's no spoilers. No spoilers. But I saw something last night. And my wife always says that I don't cry. She's like, you never cry. And the thing is, I do. I feel like I do cry. But she's like, no, you never cry. You never cry that much, especially not in movies and whatnot. Well, I did yesterday. I cried. Thanks to Avengers Infinity War. Again, no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything for you because I'm not a jerk. There was one person that posted something yesterday that spoiled the entire movie. I think that that person should be deleted from social media and excommunicated from the world and should be put should be put on Titan with Thanos and Thanos can play with him when he's having a bad day. But... That's how I feel. That's how deep it goes, folks. But I, I, I just... Whew. I woke up this morning. I dreamt... First of all, I couldn't fall asleep last night. I dreamt about Avengers Infinity War. I kept going over and over it in my head. And all I can say to the Russo brothers is... Y'all are some... Angry. Nasty. Hateful mofos. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm obviously kidding. They did a phenomenal job. They did a phenomenal job. I think I'm going to go see the movie again today. I'm not kidding. I saw it last night. I'm probably going again today. It was, it was so good. And so emotional. And so it's my annoying moment of the week because... You know, they always say, be careful what you wish for, right? And I knew that going into it. And I was like, it better be this and it better be that. I better get something good for the, da, da, da. you know, I, they, Thanos, you know, they better make him real. Because Disney has a, a history of cheesing up their their villains, you know, make, not cheesing them up, but like making them really like, oh, we're pretty, you know, it's like, you can't defeat us, we're strong. And then they like tap you with their pinky and they fall over and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> so like... It's, 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 uh, oh my God, why did you do it that way? Mm. It's, but it, you know, it's, it's been, I mean, Ultron, stupid, right? These are really good characters in the comic books. These are phenomenal characters. By the way, we have a brother show, Superpowered Pop. Check it out, superpoweredpop.com. And you can get it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at superpoweredpop. And you can check out the episode archive and get our thoughts. And by our thoughts, I mean myself and the man they call Eric Bunch. So, but, so Ultron was weak and shouldn't have been. 
Red Skull was weak and shouldn't have been. Red Skull was somewhat good. He was somewhat good. But Ultron was so weak compared to the comic books. And if you're going to put a character on the screen, you have to be real. Okay? The Avengers should have lost to Ultron. They didn't. They should have. They kind of did, but they didn't. So I said, this movie better be Thanos being Thanos. This better be a movie that makes me go, holy sweet mother of the good Lord Jesus, this movie was bananas. This movie wasn't bananas. This movie was bananas, grapes, cantaloupe, honeydew, other things that I can't think about right now because this movie has messed with my brain, okay? This is like an edible arrangement of movies. It's crazy. Strawberries, blueberries, grapes, blackberries, boysenberries. They're all the berries. They're, they're all there. They're in the cornucopia that is on the plate of Thanos. The, the movie was insane. It was insane. And I couldn't fall asleep last night because of the insanity of the movie. And there is a part in the movie where your boy cried. I got teary-eyed, okay? They attack something that's very important to me since I was a child, okay? From, like, when I was, like, I don't even know, three, five, I don't know. I'm 32, okay? Almost three decades in my life loving up on something, and they they attacked something close, near, and dear to my heart yesterday. I'm not going to tell you how they attacked it or what happened, but it hurts. I woke up this morning like I was attacked. I'm sad. I'm emotional. It got me. This movie, though. But go see it. Like, seriously, go see this movie. If you don't like comic book movies, go see this movie. If you don't like The Avengers, go see this movie. If you think that Thanos is cheesy, go see this movie. If you hate movies, go see this movie. Everyone in the world should go see this movie. Just go see the movie. Because... There's very few things that I find in the world that bring us together sometimes. Sports does, hence why I love being a broadcaster. And one of the reasons why I became a broadcaster was because I knew that by becoming a broadcaster, I could, you know, touch people's lives in a world where strangers still talk to each other. Well, they'll talk to me, and they'll talk to each other, they'll talk to you. And, you know, this was, a, this was one of those moments like sports. It was a collective moment. Everybody in the theater was like, holy good Lord, baby Jesus. I mean, we were all in the moment together. And most people were quiet. Even the kid behind me that was like, Spider-Man, Iron Man. Yeah, he was quiet. <clears throat> he was good. His mom, before the movie even started, she said, just so you know, you're sitting in front of a child who likes to talk. She's like, he's not obnoxious, but he likes to be like, oh my God, that's Spider-Man. Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. So she's like, you're going to be a part of that. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather have this child than one of the idiots that answers their phone and they're like, hello, what? No, I'm just in a movie. No, we can talk for 57 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, I'm cool with that. And the thing is, I was a kid once and I'll always be a child and never, ever, ever give up being a little kid. So the kid needs to be like, wow, yeah. No. Whoa. Yes. I mean, you got to be like that as a kid. You can't sit there in dead silence, especially for a movie like this. I got teary-eyed. The movie made me cry. Okay? Success. 
It got me. I said to my wife, this better be crazy. It better be emotional. I'm probably going to cry if it's everything that I think it's going to be. And it was. And it made me cry. And it was more than that. But it's the annoying moment of the week because Russo Brothers, you did what I wanted you to do, but it made me sad. <laughs> and the Russo Brothers, like in any relationship, are like, I gave you what you wanted. You told me to go out and get you Gatorade. I brought you home Gatorade. Why are you screaming at me? But that's how I feel. They did a phenomenal job, which has caused me to have a moment. I can't stop thinking about the movie. I'm probably going to finish the show today and go see it again. There's a very good chance that I will see this movie maybe 10 times in the theaters just because I have to. I mean, for Superpowered Pop, it's part of my job because my job is fun and I enjoy what I'm doing and my job is to speak on movies and entertainment because it's really cool and I love it and I thank God for it every day. And God, if I missed today, I'm sorry. Thank you. But it's the annoying moment of the week because I can't tell you what happened. I can just tell you that when I think about it, <laughs> I want to cry. I want to tear up. It got me. It was so good. Dang it. It was so good. And I'm sitting there like, why is life, why is life like this? <laughs> and I'm just losing it. I wasn't that bad. I was worse. No, I'm kidding. I did tear up, though. You know? They pulled at my heartstrings. And I'm walking in the movie going, eh, you know, I don't think this is going to happen or this is going to happen. And then things start going down, and I'm like, holy good Jesus. It was kind of like the NFL draft. I didn't think that th certain things were going to happen, and then they happened. The difference is that this is Marvel, and the movie is a movie, and they can do whatever they want to do with it. The reality of it all is the Cleveland Browns are stupid. <laughs> They're stupid. Where is... The I can't, okay? You want to get me to stop crying over Avengers Infinity War? Show me the Cleveland Browns draft picks. Total, crazy, awesome Avengers Infinity War throwing me all over the place, doing things I didn't think they would do. The NFL draft threw me all over the place and did things that I didn't think that they would do. The Cleveland Browns, who are you trying to beat? The Browns? The only team the Cleveland Browns beat in the draft was the Browns. The only team that the Cleveland Browns beat last season were the Browns. They had a party for sucking. They had an 0-16, we suck so bad, we can't beat anybody but ourselves party. That's a horrible party to have. Hi, every, and somebody paid to sponsor it. There was a sponsor for the party of a team that sucks. I don't get it. What is this? Hey, Cleveland, we can't win a game. Let's celebrate how terrible we are. Let's celebrate. How, and people didn't want them to win because they were two games away. And it's like, if you don't win, then the sponsor's going to have a party. We're going to have a parade. We're going to be 0-16. It's going to be awesome. No, it's not. You suck. What is the deal? I'm going to go off in the second hour of the show. I can't even button it up in the first hour of the show because Avengers Infinity War got me emotional. The Cleveland Browns are stupid. And it's all of it together inside of my brain is causing me to be here with you this morning and present to you what I consider to be coming up one of the best shows that we'll ever have because when I get emotional and I get amped 
we get crazy. And when we get crazy, we have fun. Because we're crazy fun. We're healthy crazy, is what I like to call it. Not like my ex-girlfriends. That's not healthy crazy. We'll take a step aside on the show. We'll be back. <laughs> ah, if you didn't want me to talk about it, shouldn't have done crazy stuff. We'll take a step aside. We'll be back in just a moment with Tara Machaco. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. On the broadcast right now is somebody who is no stranger to it, for as long as she has, for almost as long as I've been a professional broadcaster, I've known this this woman, and, and this is Tara Machaco, phenomenal coach, phenomenal person, very hardworking, determined, positive, extremely humble. When I say nice things about her, I think I think it's hard for her to say anything other but than to give credit to her team and and the assistant coaches and whatnot, but. You know, this is somebody that that I respect, and and when the move was made to leave Marywood and go to Wilkes and start a new chapter in her coaching career and in her life, and at the same time stay in the same community and not have to leave family and whatnot, it's an awesome opportunity, and all I said to Tara when she said that she was taking this opportunity, I said, please let me be the one to tell your story, and she said, of course. And it is that relationship and that connection and that bond that we as human beings should look for to find good people, to live by your word, and to be proud of somebody when they move forward into the next chapter of their life, especially when they're working as hard as Tara is. So with that being said, I am more than proud to usher in a new history, a new opportunity, and like I told Tara, a new team that I have to cover. Tara Machaco with Wilkes University, the women's basketball head coach, starting from here forward. Tara, how you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Dan. I appreciate all those kind words. I think that's the most I've ever gotten out of you is I appreciate all <laughs> Normally you're like, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, give it to somebody else. There's a guy down the street. He's a really nice dude. Give it to him. So before we get started on Wilkes, you and I agree 
that Cleveland is it we have to. We agree that it's Johnny Manziel 2.0. I, I have to bring this up because I hope you stick around and have some moments in the second hour of the show or I can send you the archive because I'm about to... Listen, Baker Mayfield, I respect you, but I'm going to have a moment in a little bit. What do you think about Johnny Manziel 2.0? Well, I don't follow the NFL all that much, except now I will become a huge Giants fan. Um, but but I completely agree with you. I thought the exact same thing when they drafted Mayfield was that it was a Johnny Manziel round two, um, so it should be interesting to see see how that plays out. And you're you're going to become a Giants fan because I know you're a Penn State fan. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I I kind of jumped on the Eagles bandwagon last year, but uh, I was very excited to see that Barkley went to the Giants. Um, I was a Giants fan growing up as a little kid, so now I feel like I could I could go back and, and get some blue and red and become become an actual NFL fan now. And when you, I mean, and Penn State, bring me the connection to that. What connected you as a Penn State fan way back? Well, I mean, growing up in the area that I grew up in, in Scranton area, huge, huge Penn State area. Um, so always was a Penn State football fan, ended up being able to go to school there. And I think ever since I've graduated there, you know, you kind of still bleed the blue and white and you follow, you follow their football team like crazy and you try to get back there as much as you can. Um, it's just an unbelievable atmosphere, uh, unbelievable program. Um, they, they, they talk about success with honor. I think that's that's outstanding that they still preach that, even from the days of, of Paterno. Um, so I, I, I think you always stay true to true to be a, a Penn State football fan. Once a Penn Stater, always a Penn Stater. So when, when Barkley got drafted last night to, to the Giants, that was just the icing on the cake for me. And now, now I could, like I said, finally have a team that I could talk about. Everybody's always coming into to practices during the, the beginning of the year and the NFL season and talking about who's the Steelers fan, who's an Eagles fan. Now I have a team to, to kind of brag about. And you, <laughs> you you could have and should have been a Jaguars fan because Paul Puzlesny from Penn State was there for a long yes. time as well. So Yes, I was a fan of Paul's. I just I just didn't get into it as much. I think I've followed Barkley a lot more than than I than I have followed in the past. So I, I think he's a great he's a great guy. I think he's an unbelievable athlete, um, terrific work ethic. Um, so, so I think, and I, and I think he's going to be a good face for the NFL. Saquon Barkley going to the Giants, and now there's a Giants fan. And I know that we have a very, very, very active on the show Giants fan. That's pro- you probably made their day this morning. So. <laughs> Probably made their moment here, but here with Tara Machaco, she's with Wilkes University right now. After spending 14 seasons at Marywood University, 10 straight Colonial States Athletic Conference postseason appearances, 7 Eastern College Athletic Conference tournaments. Tara, bring me into the last 14 years at Marywood and what you're going to take away from that. Uh, I, I mean, I can't, I can't thank Marywood University enough for giving a young coach an opportunity to to take on their first ever head coaching position uh 14 years ago and going in there kind of i went in thinking i was going to turn things around overnight and wanted everything to happen really fast and i learned quickly that it's 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 a process and you've got to be patient and um, over those first couple years there were a lot of struggles um, that i look back on now and i know i've learned a lot from um definitely learned patience from going through that experience um, and I think I think having gone through it before is going to really help me transition into this this new position at Wilkes University, kind of building a program again and um, starting starting over a little bit, getting to learn getting to learn the players, having them learn my system, um, bringing in some of my own recruits, 
um, and, and getting out and promoting a, a new university. And uh, I'm really, really excited about this opportunity. I think it's a great challenge ahead. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But I can't, I can't say enough about um, the opportunity that Marywood has given me. Everything that I've learned throughout my 14 years at Marywood, uh, I've got to know. I've got to know a lot of teams that we're we're going to compete with now in the MAC, now at Wilkes. Um, so I've got to know those those teams and coaches over the years. Um, the people at Marywood, um, I'm just, I, I will always be very, very close with most of our coaches that we've worked with. There's still there's coaches that have left before me that I still keep in contact with, and I know I know that everybody that is still there, I know that I will I will still rely on them, and they'll rely on me. So the, the relationships that have been built have, are lifelong relationships. So I appreciate all of that as well. And when you when you have those relationships as you move forward and and everything. That, that you've had from Marywood, like you said, having the relationships, bringing over some recruits with you, you're not going too far away. You're staying in the same area. So with that being said, just what you could say about the recruiting side of it, those relationships that you built to say, hey, you know, you were coming to play for me and I'm staying in the region, I'm staying in this area. So to keep those recruits and, and to tell them, you know, instead of maybe driving 20 minutes this way, it's 20 minutes that way, just what that experience has been like, because obviously that's unique. Yeah, well, I think it was, it was unique even to begin to backtrack a little bit. Um, I started my coaching career at Wilkes. I was an assistant coach for three years um, right after grad school. Um, I took a year off of grad, grad, after grad school and then started here as an assistant. I worked in admissions at Wilkes for two years, which I think really helped me learn the the financial aid process and the recruiting process at the Division Three level. Um, so I think having been here before um, is, is going to help with the recruiting as well. Um, but then having having recruited local players at Marywood, I think will will help me continue that that local connection with um, recruiting at Wilkes. You know, we're tw- twenty five minutes, twenty minutes away down the road. Not much a, a difference academically. A couple different majors that that we could sell a little bit differently than at, than at Marywood. Uh, but I think. Campus-wise, size-wise, um, academic profile, and, and all that is all very, very similar. So, I, I think selling selling that local local student athlete is going to be very, very similar to what was was at Marywood. But I think I think this opportunity, like I said, was was very, very unique in the fact that I was here before, was very familiar with that I don't have to to uproot my my life and, and move. I could still stay in my, my house and not have to worry about selling my house and and um, have an opportunity to be a, a full-time head coach. And that was always has always been my my career goal is to to focus all my attention on just coaching basketball. And over the last ten years, I was an assistant AD for compliance. Um, I was an SWA. Um, I, I had a lot of other hats that I wore at Marywood, and now now to kind of finally have an opportunity to to just focus in on on coaching, I think is also going to give me an opportunity to get out on the road a little bit more recruiting wise. So I think that'll be that'll be another interesting dynamic with the job, and, and will help us tremendously with with recruiting. Speaking here with Tara Machaco, moving on from Marywood to Wilkes. And, and Tara, when you look at that, like you had mentioned, the fact that you know now you can just focus on being a, a coach, how, how much did that weigh into the decision for you to leave a place that you had been in for over a decade that you know Wilkes was offering you the opportunity to just be a coach, to just go out there and, and recruit and plan and just focus 100% of your time on being the women's basketball coach? Yeah, I mean, obvi- obviously the initial draw to the, the position was that I had been here and I and I, and I really loved my the, the time that I spent here. That was the initial draw when the when the job opened up. But I think 
the, the added incentive obviously is that um, everybody that is in the coaching world would love to focus strictly in on coaching. We all know that at the Division three level, it's difficult to do that. You have to wear you have to wear many hats. You have to you have to do multiple responsibilities. And f- for this opportunity to to be able to come in here and 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 just focus in on coaching, really really kind of sold me on the position. Um, aside from all of the other the other pieces that are in place to help help the athletics department be successful here but I think that was a that was a huge selling point for me and, and I feel like after after having having coached for 14 years with other responsibilities I really wanted to give myself a chance to see what I could do focusing all my attention just on coaching basketball and when you look at this team like you said you know an, an opportunity to to build up a team something that you had with Mary Wood you know, some coaches like to go into situations where, you know, the situation is good and, you know, the team has been successful. They're going to build off of that to put them in a situation where they'll get a job here and there and everywhere. For you, you want the challenge. You want the opportunity to build up another team. You built up Marywood. Now you want a challenge of building something else. That's unique. And just what you can say about that, because, you know, you're a fighter. You like that stuff. You enjoy this. But there's other people that are like, no, give me a program that's already put together so I could go in there and, and build off the success and, and then get myself another job. You're looking at an opportunity of, hey, 14 years ago, I stepped into something and I had to build it from literally ground zero up. And now I'm going and building something else. What made you want to do that? I think you get to a point in your career where you realize a little bit that you know you've kind of done everything you possibly could somewhere and, and I kind of felt like I, I had got to that place at Marywood you know two two out of the last three years we were the finished first in our league and and we're number one seed going into the playoffs and I just I just felt like I kind of had taken us as far as I can and needed to challenge myself a little bit more and and I know every, everybody in life you, you get to a place where you kind of feel a little bit complacent and, and I started to feel myself get that way and um you know that competitive side of me is kind of like challenge myself to to go on and t- take on an, another another uh, opportunity and, and kind of challenge myself in a, in a different way. And um, and I really enjoyed those first couple years trying trying to build a program. You get you get into a lot more teaching um, on the court instruction um, and, and getting players to to learn a system. Um, I, I think it's really going to kind of motivate me to become an even better coach than than. Um, than if I had kind of re- remained at the same kind of level, if that makes sense. Um, I, I think it's going to challenge me to go out and, and kind of watch more videos, read more books, um, learn more about the game so that I can kind of kind of give that back to these players at, at Wilkes University. And to have, to have this challenge and this opportunity, what are you excited about with Wilkes specifically? What does Wilkes give you? What is it about them that you're really excited about? I think the the support for the athletic department is unbelievable. Um, from from the president down, um, <clears throat> I think the facilities are, are outstanding. We have we have a couple uh, an, a rec center that has a couple of basketball courts in it that I'm I'm already thinking about camps down the road of doing different camps and shootouts. Um, I, I think our the Mart Center the, the the weight room and the strength and conditioning program is is top notch. So I, I think all of the pieces are really in place, and I'm excited to to get to work with all of these people in, in all of these positions um, to, to help build this program and, and help make these young ladies not only better basketball players, but prepare them for, for life outside of basketball and, and start to teach, you know, time management and start to start to teach a little bit of structure and, and kind of 
prepare them for the real world, and I, I'm, I'm excited for that new challenge. Speaking here with Tara Machaco, the new head coach for women's basketball at Wilkes University. Tara, at Marywood, they are moving into a new conference, the Atlantic East. What can you say about where Wilkes is at moving forward in this conference and just what your takeaways are as obviously Marywood was going through a change and now you're going through a change over to Wilkes. So how much do you know about their yearly competition? Uh, I, I know that the the Mac Freedom is, is a tough conference, and we've played we've played a number of the teams um, at Marywood over the last last few years. And I'm, I'm pretty familiar with most of the teams. There's only a few that we have not competed against. Um, it's a great conference. Uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a big challenge ahead of us. Um, Wilkes women's basketball has not been in the playoffs for over 20 years, so that's obviously a goal of mine in the first couple of years to try and get us back into the playoffs. Um, but but that is going to be a difficult task, and I think it's going to take time. And again, just kind of, kind of focus in on on the process, and not necessarily focus in on the wins and losses. Focus in on that that process and putting the pieces together. And uh, my motto has always been, and will remain: hard work pays off. And we've got to go in every day and put the work in, and make sure that every time we step on the floor in a competition, that we're outworking our opponents. And, and I think that puts us in a position to to be successful. Um, w- within the conference, uh, I, I do think it's a, very, a conference that we could win in. Um, but but again, it's going to take us a little bit of time to, to get adjusted, for the players to get adjusted to my system, and for me to get adjusted to kind of the the, the new uh, teams that we're competing against on a daily basis. For you, like you said, being so close, you know, this opportunity, this transition from you from Marywood to Wilkes, you are not going that far away. You know, it's 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 a right down the road type of feel as a coach, and to be coaching as long as you have, and to do everything that you've done up to this point in your career, to move to another job in another chapter and have them say, hey, you know, you don't have to, you're, you're going to stay in the same area. Like you said, you don't have to sell your house. You're not moving away from your family. To have this just, I mean, I would imagine that it doesn't really change much, much if anything, about recruiting. I mean, you're, you're going to another place, but essentially – you know, you can you can sell your message, what you've done, and people in the community know who you are, and they obviously know you as a coach up to this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm thrilled that I know that you and I have talked in the past about how at, at games I get to turn around and see my grandparents in the stands and see my, my niece and nephews in the stands, and I, I'm excited that, that that will still be the case, um, that they'll be able to get to games. And um, I, I think in terms of the, the recruiting aspects, you're, you're, you're dead on. We're going to I'm going to try and recruit the same areas, but I do think that Wilkes does draw from some other areas that uh, Marywood did not, so I think I'll have to learn a little bit about some of those areas that to get out and hit some of those. Um, uh, but I'm hoping that that also Wilkes had not drawn from a few areas that maybe I had I had reached out to at Marywood and kind of used those connections with the relationships that I've built in those areas to try and continue to draw draw student athletes um, right down the road. Telling your story, Tara, what can you say for you that? this moment does for you i mean we speak on a new opportunity a a new chapter a a new obviously a a new challenge for you but personally as you step forward what made you ready for this moment made you ready for this time i know you said you know you kind of felt like you did all you could do at marywood but to go a little bit deeper into kind of the personal journey for you as to just why this was this was the time and and this was right for you and, and and this is the moment that you wanted to take you know, what? I, I think I feel refreshed, and, and I, I don't, I don't mean anything negative to, negatively towards Marywood at all. But I do feel like I have kind of a little bit of a new life and a new energy about 
coming into this program and coming into the university and, and taking on a new challenge. And, and like I had mentioned, I think there's times in life where, where we get a little bit, a little bit stagnant and kind of stale and you need, you need something to kind of, kind of motivate you to get back to where, where you were and, and, and get back to work. And I think that uh, this opportunity really has personally like revitalized me a little bit um, and, and kind of got me, got me excited to get back to, kind of get back to the basics, I guess to say, not only, not only in terms of, in terms of X's nose, but just in terms of um, kind of approaching, approaching how we're going to prepare for the, for the year and both athletically and academically. So I, I think personally, I, I, I was getting to that point where I needed, I needed a little bit more and I needed a little bit of a different challenge. So I think this has really, really revitalized me and energized me and I'm really excited and um, and looking forward to, to getting started on, um, it's unfortunate that it's only the end of April, so I have a few months to wait to get out on the floor, but I'm ready to do that, and um, I'm ready to get back to work. So, again, I, it's just, it, it feels it feels refreshing for me. And you had said that, you know, you said, quote, Wilkes has all the right to- tools in place to attract high-level student-athletes, and the support from the entire Colonel community is outstanding. I am looking forward to working alongside Coach Metz and hope to mirror the success that he has had over the past few seasons with the men's basketball program. I also want to thank the entire administration and staff at Wilkes for allowing me the opportunity to lead the women's basketball program and look forward to learning from and working with Addie and Phil Wingert as I begin this journey, end quote. Just to go into that a little bit deeper, you mentioned you know, you mentioned some people there. You mentioned the men's basketball head coach and having the right tools you feel moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think Coach Metz came in here and he did an outstanding job, and in those first couple of years, completely completely took the program in, in a different direction and had an outstanding year last year I believe he was a um a d3 hoops or a regional rank regional coach of the year which is which is outstanding and, and i think he did everything the right way um throughout this process he's 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 been very helpful and, and, and i'm really looking forward to working alongside of him and like i had said kind of mirroring his, his approach and, and kind of sitting with him and, and learning how he he did things here when he first started four years ago um i, I think Having worked with Addie and Phil in the past, um, I'm really excited about about working with them. They've been here for a long time. Um, they have both coached, um, so they have they have a different perspective being uh, have, having coached in the past and now being administrators. So I think um, I'm excited to learn some ideas for, for different things from them and be able to sit with them and bounce ideas back and forth. Um, Phil is also a women's basketball official, so I'm hoping to, to gain some insight on how we get. We get a couple more calls maybe here and there through games and how to approach the officiating aspect of it. Uh, but, but the administration at, at, at Wilkes University has been outstanding too through this whole process. Um, Dr. Paul Adams has been outstanding, our vice president. Um, he popped in my office yesterday to say hello and welcome me. I thought that was really nice. You just make you feel really good about yourself when, when you get here. So, again, I, I just I, I feel that, that new energy and that new excitement about, about learning learning from everyone here as well. That coming from Tara Machaco, the new head coach at Wilkes for women's basketball. And Tara, just in closing here, to look at you know what you've had up to this point, 14 seasons with Marywood, 10 seasons of 13 or more wins, 8 seasons with 16 or more wins, 206 
one, you, 206 wins at Marywood, 141 of those wins coming in conference. You were named the CSAC Women's Basketball Coach of the Year in 2015-16 and 2016-17. You led Marywood to a number one seed for the first time ever in conference playoffs. Just, I know, I know that when it comes to accolades and, and the things that you have done, like I said, you're very humble with it, but you know, there is, there is a large, large, I mean, you are Marywood basketball for the women's side. I mean, the history is you. So whoever steps in there from here, you've built so much, you've done so much with that to look back on those moments and building that up. I mean, you became the head coach to represent the program for the first time and then move forward with everything and all the successes that I just named, just to look at that and to know that historically you will always be first. And also historically, you know, there's, there's a lot to make up for with you not being there anymore. Yeah. It, you know, I you know me, Dan, I'm always pretty hard on myself and tough on myself, but um, I, I kind of, I kind of sat back over the last couple of years and thought I haven't won a championship and that that kind of always bothered me that I haven't won a championship. And then when you sit down and and you, you look at where you went from day, from year one to year three to year five to year fourteen, there has been a lot of a lot of strides made, and there has been a lot of outstanding accomplishments that may not necessarily show up wins and losses or show up in in terms of titles or championships. But there's been a lot of a lot of great strides made at Marriott University, and I feel like. It, not only was it the time for me to, to, to move on, but I also feel like I've left that program in really good hands. And I think I've established, I've helped establish that program along with all, all of my assistants and all of, all of the, the, the great players that we were fortunate to have at Marywood. So I, I felt, I felt okay walking away knowing that um, I, I left the program in good hands. So um, I'm very, I will always be very, very proud. Even though we never got that championship, I will be very, very proud of, all that we were able to accomplish over the last 14 years and, and where where we've kind of taken that program from day one to, to now. And you're moving forward with Wilkes fighting for a championship there and, and building up this program. And once again, we'll be able to put your stamp in your name on it. And as this team has success, it'll be connected to one of the best coaches that I've ever had on the show. So with that being said, Tara, I, I appreciate your time. I know you're hard on yourself. I'm hard on myself, but that's why we need each other to be like, Hey, you're all right. So I'm going to go ahead and, and tell, uh, tell the world out there that this coach Tara Machaco is all right. And I think that, I think that Wilkes is going to have a good time with you. And, and like I said, I know that, I know that I, I, I got to get a t-shirt and a hat now. I got to, I got, you know, I got to start covering that and whatnot, but you, you know, that wherever you go, it's it's the people and and yes I'm a Marywood alum and and I love Marywood and I always will and and Marywood means the world to me and at the same time the relationships that you make in life mean the world to you too so Terry you could tell me that you're coaching in Puerto Rico or Hawaii or whatever and you know what maybe next maybe in the future maybe Hawaii is the place because I will be more than happy to go down there but uh, wherever you go all jokes aside you know that you have my support. Well, I, I can't thank you enough, Dan, and I, I appreciate everything that you've done, and I really, really respect and appreciate the relationship that we've built over the years, and, and I look forward to continuing that in this new journey. Absolutely. So take care of yourself. Enjoy Saquon Barkley, <laughs> and and have a good weekend. And I'm looking forward to hearing the next hour of your show. <laughs> it is going to be something, something to remember, Tara, I'll tell you that much, so... I, I appreciate it, and, and I thank you for being a part of it, and enjoy your first weekend as the head coach of Wilkes. 
Thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That coming from Tara Machaco once again of the Wilkes University Colonels women's basketball head coach for the first time ever. She officially took the job yesterday, and she officially kept her word and let me tell her story today. So thank you to Tara for all that she has done, for the amazing work that she did for my alma mater of Marywood University, who nobody nobody i'm not gonna let it happen to the best of my ability nobody can forget what tara did at marywood nobody if you do you're insane so to the next head coach i'm hoping the best for my alma mater but may we never forget the history and what tara machaco did at marywood university and i can't wait to see what she's going to do at wilkes and like i said it's the people it's the people I tell guys all the time, and it's not even just sports. I tell the guys all the time. If you go and play a different sport or become a janitor or a flight attendant, a doctor, broadcaster, whatever, you always have a place here on the show. Sonny Spira, one of the guys that I have the most fun with, one of the people I have the most fun with here on the show. Sonny Spira played Syracuse basketball, played for the team, went up against Michael Jordan, And he works at a dental office now in Binghamton, New York. And I don't care what he would do in the community, however he's helping the community, always be a part of the show. Always be a part of the show. Gene Waldron helping out at the YMCA. Dale Shackelford with with his magazine. It doesn't matter. Because once you build a relationship with somebody, wherever they go, You support that, and you be there for them. That's what you do. So, to Marywood, I love you. And to Tara Machaco, well, she knows I love her. She knows she's good news. And she gave me opportunities, believed in me, fought for me, whether even even she knew who she was or not. She fought for me. And fought for my program, fought for MU Courtside, respected what we did. And gave me one of the greatest blessings ever in my life. Which was, A, knowledge that she was paying more attention to MU Courtside than I thought. Than I thought she would. Because she's out there coaching and doing her job and doing her thing. And she was paying paying attention to what I was doing. Which meant the world to me, number one. Number two, I've never been... I have never been asked to be a keynote speaker in my life until Marywood University asked me to do it. Enrico Mastriani of the men's team... Tara Machaco, the women's team at the time, they asked me to come to Marywood and be their keynote speaker for the Marywood men's and women's basketball programs because of my work and my creation of MU Courtside over a decade after I created the show. You want to talk about God coming full circle and remembering what you did and appreciating what you did and wondering, did anybody see it? Did anybody know it? There was a bunch of people that took credit for MU Courtside. And to have the coaches of the men's and women's basketball programs at Marywood say, I don't care who took credit for it. That was your baby. Can you come talk to our teams about it? Because we'll always appreciate what you did. Those moments like that, they'll live with me for. They will live with me more than forever. So, to Tara, who has consistently been good to me, I pray and I hope nothing but the best for you, your family, the Wilkes women's basketball team, and your quest for a national championship. 
God bless you always. And enjoy Saquon Barkley. Because Cleveland won't. We'll talk about it in a minute. (laughs) This is a wake-up call. Fast break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so i think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalwear, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? 
I have no idea. Absolutely, but they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Are you ready for this hour of the show? I don't think you are. I don't think it, I, I don't think you are. I don't think you're ready for this. With the first pick, let's do it again. With the first pick of the NFL draft for 2018 let me let me make sure the pick is in the cleveland browns selected stupidity what is happening no this is not right okay and i'm not saying the baker mayfield's stupid i'm not i'm just what in the okay first of all let me preface i don't there's no hatred for anybody on this planet coming from this man Okay, and there's no hatred for Baker Mayfield. Let me just discuss with you something. What in the actual Sam Hell is going on in Cleveland? You know what? I should have known. I should have known because they've been looking smart. Cleveland's been looking superb that they knew what they were doing. They were they got Carlos Hyde from San Fran in their backfield. They got Jarvis Landry at a young age, just a few seasons in the NFL. One of the most consistently healthy. Wide receivers, God bless him, in the NFL, and I hope he continues to be. All the guys. Jarvis Landry comes onto the team. Tyrod Taylor for Peanuts comes onto the team. Defense gets bolstered up. They come on. We're looking at the Cleveland Browns making some of the best decisions that they've ever made in their history since coming back in 1999. And I said, oh my goodness, the Cleveland Browns are smart. Holy good Lord Jesus, the Cleveland Browns are smart. If there was ever a sign of the apocalypse, besides the fact that it snowed in Syracuse, New York, until almost the end of April... It is that the Cleveland Browns are making good decisions. But fear not, folks. Thanos is not coming to Syracuse. He's not coming to Central New York and upstate New York. Thanos is not coming to the world because the Cleveland Browns still suck at making decisions, okay? If they had had a good draft on top of a good offseason of trades and free agency, I would say, sweet mother, sign of the apocalypse, get everybody ready and let's be prepared for what's about to come. But the Cleveland Browns, I should have known. Just when I thought you were smart, you're going to did something stupid. Just when I thought for a moment, for a moment, a flicker in time, that you, the Cleveland Browns, knew what you were doing, knew how to make decisions, you went and showed me that all of this was a fluke. You're still Cleveland. You still suck at making decisions. You still make no logical sense. 
Denzel Ward, phenomenal cornerback. Why did you draft him? You needed a defensive lineman. You needed the best, arguably best player in the draft, Saquon Barkley. You needed a quarterback because Tyrod Taylor's not going to carry you for the rest of his life. So you look at the situation and you say to yourself, self, the Cleveland Browns look smart. Holy good Lord Jesus. Are they taking Saquon first? Or are they going to take Josh Allen first? Then they could still get Saquon, but maybe they... No, they didn't take either of them. They took... Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, two-point Izzo. That's who they took, Baker Mayfield. That's it. You know the movie Cloverfield and everybody's like, what happened in Cloverfield? That The field is there. Cloverfield, no sense. Mayfield, no sense. It makes no sense. Why would you draft Baker Mayfield? You tried Johnny Manziel, the guy who has an ego the size of a mountain that tells people, oh, say... Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield. I like the I like the fact that he uh, that he goes out there and he shows him. You know, he, he's not afraid to be like, yes, I care about this, and I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna win. And he's got gumption. No, he doesn't. He told a sideline on national television to suck on these. That's not a leader. That's a child who was probably parented very poorly or parented well and listened to nothing. This is not your leadership. Johnny Manziel, show me the money. Show me the money, everybody. Come on, show me the money. Two years in the NFL, bye. The, the Cleveland Browns suspended him for a game, went on the road, called him, and didn't know where the hell he was. It's a child. You took a guy who was sh a short NFL quarterback, who had some talent but didn't appreciate anything, and didn't have personal responsibility, nor did he have personal restraint, and... You wasted a pick on him. Now you take a guy who's maybe got some more talent and maybe has better decision-making off the field, but on the field is a jamoke. He's out there. Suck on these, son. That's not... That's not, LeBron James doesn't tell you, suck on these. Michael Jordan, he stick his tongue out. Michael Jordan would laugh in your face, but Michael Jordan wasn't like, kiss my... You know, th that's not... this. That's not... That's not championships. That's not reality. That's not how you win. Holy sweet mother. Look at the personality. What were the questions that Cleveland asked Baker Mayfield? Hi, Baker. Do you like to play football? Yes. Do you like to play football in the NFL? Sure, why not? I mean, what, it's, what were the questions? Baker, why do you not have respect for the other team? Why don't you shake hands? Why do you have such an issue? Well, we love the fact that he took the Oklahoma flag and jammed it into the Ohio State thing. We think that... Was it a good storyline? Yes. Did media people eat it up? Sure. But Baker Mayfield, this is not the leadership. This is more Johnny Manziel. And I don't want to be compared to Johnny Manziel. Don't act like him. Don't act like Johnny Manziel. Don't... I mean... You... I played sports throughout my life. Before I broadcasted in college, I played basketball most of the time. I never was like, suck on this, kiss my butt, what do you, I'm not out there swear. I'm not like, F you, ref, I'm not doing that stuff. That's not leadership. Baker Mayfield, when Saquon Barkley is sitting in front of your face, hey Cleveland, what made you good back in the past? Oh, uh, Jim Brown? Yeah, maybe, maybe just a little bit. 
maybe a little bit of Jimmy Brown. And who was that other guy that if he had stayed healthy and God bless him had stayed on this earth instead of passing away sadly and tragically at the age of 23? Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis, Jim Brown. Who the F? Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. If I'm Jim Brown, I'm like, Lord Jesus, be with us. I, I what Saquon Barkley right there in your face right there you gave him to the giants who have nobody to protect him nobody to help him run down the field saquon barkley's gonna have to be moses and part the sea and bring it i mean he's got to be everybody he's got to be jesus moses god he's got to do it all this is insane saquon bark if i'm a giants fan i woke up this morning like <laughs> thank god cleveland was picking ahead of us because they are stupid Thank Jesus that we had Cleveland. Who's the number one pick this year? Cleveland. <laughs> Who's the best player in the draft? Saquon. Oh, they won't take him. They'll take a punter before they take Saquon Barkley. Why? Why? He's the best player in the draft. Arguably the best player in the draft. So you don't take Saquon Barkley. You take Baker Mayfield. So then you have the fourth pick. Bradley mother freaking Chubb is right there. Hello. Bradley Chubb is right there. Defensive end NC State. Arguably, by other people, the best player in the draft. Bradley Chubb. Sitting in a seat, waiting for you to call his name. You don't. Quentin Nelson. An offensive guard. You just lost Joe Thomas. You need more help on the offensive line. Quentin Nelson sitting there. Quentin Nelson. Bradley Chubb. Sitting there. Waiting. What did I tell you was the safest bet for the Cleveland Browns in this draft? Draft Saquon Barkley and Bradley Chubb. What did they do? Draft neither of them. Why? Because they're Cleveland. Use that when you make a mistake. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. I'm Cleveland. Because it works. Oh, we were supposed to meet at 1? It's 2.45. Sorry. I guess I pulled a Cleveland. Well, Cleveland couldn't get paperwork in to get A.J. McCarron. They tried to trade for A.J. McCarron and didn't file their paperwork on time. Like, have you ever been in the NFL before? Holy Jesus, everybody gets the same time. How did you not file paperwork? Do you have a fax machine? Do you have the, do you have the ability? I feel like a bunch of people were sitting around the computer in Cleveland going, how do I put this mail into my desktop? And they have like a literal letter about A.G. McCarron that's stamped that they're trying to shove into their desktop computer going, what slot does this go in, guys? And then time ran out. You may think this morning that I'm, I'm, I'm having a mutiny of Cleveland. I'm not. Cleveland did that to themselves already. You can't, you can't burn down something that has already been burnt, okay? Cleveland... Safest bet, Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb. Who did you draft? Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward. Why? What? Why? You thought in your brain that the fourth overall pick for you, 0-16 Cleveland, is to get a cornerback. You had Joe Hayden. How'd that work out? One of the best players on your team, you let him go to the division. He went to Pittsburgh. How stupid is Cleveland? Who have your quarterbacks been? Brandon Whedon, Josh McCown, or Luke McCown, or the McCown brothers. 
Johnny Manziel. Deshaun Kaiser, that was fun. Hey, Deshaun, want to come to Cleveland for 57 minutes and leave? Love you, mean it. I mean, the Cleveland Browns don't make logical, rational sense. The Cleveland Browns are insane. They are Thanos without the gauntlet and no power and not big and strong and not capable of making good decisions. The only thing that bonds the Cleveland Browns and Thanos are is is bad decision making based on insanity. It's the only thing. That's my that come to Cleveland. Come to the Cleveland Browns, home of bad decisions based on insanity. That's it. Bad decisions based on insanity. That's the Cleveland Browns. They don't make sense. Why? Baker Mayfield. Holy crap. Seriously. What I mean and, and again, this is not an attack on Baker Mayfield, the person, okay? This is not me saying I hate Baker Mayfield, okay? And everybody that knows me knows that. I don't hate Baker Mayfield at all. I don't hate anybody. I have no qualms with Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying to Cleveland, the attitude of Baker Mayfield is not of a man who has maturity. You just drafted a quarterback who had no maturity. In between that, you drafted Deshaun Kaiser, who you decided, eh, don't really care. And he didn't even spend a year in Cleveland, and you shipped him off to Green Bay. So, the Jets get Sam Darnold laughing in your face. The Giants get Saquon Barkley laughing in your face. The Bills trade up to get Josh Allen laughing in your face. Quentin Nelson goes where I thought he would go to the Colts laughing in your face. The Broncos get a huge defensive end after losing some of their linemen after the Super Bowl in Bradley Chubb laughing in your face. And the Cardinals get Josh Rosen at number 10 laughing in your face. I don't get it. I don't get it. But again... I should have known better. I should have known better. The Cleveland Browns are like the ex-girlfriend that you're like, maybe this time it'll work. No. Maybe this time it'll be okay. No! Maybe, just maybe. No. With Cleveland, that's what it is. It's like that ex-girlfriend that you're like, hey, I know it hasn't worked the other 70 times that we tried to date each other, but let's try to date each other one more time and just see what happens. And then it doesn't work out. And then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it didn't work. Really? You can't? You can't believe it didn't work. That's hysterical. The Cleveland Browns are the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing. Over and 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 over again, hoping for a different result. Since 1999, you came back to the NFL. You have not made the playoffs. 
since 1999, this version of the Cleveland Browns has never made the postseason. Their closest chance, Kelly Holcomb. In a dirty, muddy, rainy game against the Pittsburgh Steelers that they ultimately lost at the end, which was terrible and very sad because they did a good job. I'm watching a video right now of Oklahoma and Kansas where Baker Mayfield grabbed his male genitalia and said the words, blank you, to the other team multiple times. Oh, that's three times. That's three times. And, oh, that was after he got hit in the head. So, now, was Kansas nice to Baker Mayfield? No. They were dirty, too. They were dirty. I'm not going to say they weren't. They were. Grabbing my nuts and saying F you on national television, probably not a good idea. Again, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, Cleveland, I hope that this works out for you. But you had Saquon Barkley sitting in a tree. And you didn't K-I-S-S-I-N-G. You went stupidity. That's what you did. You, you had Saquon Barkley sitting there. Who have been your who have been your running backs? Isaiah Crowell. How did that work out? He's a jet now. That'll be fun. Carlos Hyde, he's good. We don't know what he's going to be in Cleveland yet. I'm hoping he's going to bring something to the table because he did a damn good job in San Fran. And before Kyle Shanahan got there, he's the best damn player on the team. The only damn player on the team that was giving you anything, fantasy football, anything like that. So you got Carlos Hyde. You don't know who he's going to be. You got Duke Johnson Jr. who can catch out of the backfield, but not a lot of other things going on with Duke Johnson. Isaiah Crowell, that didn't work out. There's a bunch of guys on that team, Terrence West, that didn't work out. You have Saquon Barkley staring you in the face. Saquon Barkley, you draft him first, you're picking fourth, you get a quarterback. Worst case scenario, the Giants take a quarterback, the Jets take a quarterback, and you still have three other quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. The Browns had Lamar, they would have more than likely had Lamar Jackson sitting there. Or they would have had Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or something of that effect. If the Giants took Sam Darnold and the Jets took Rosen, there was still plenty of room. I'm. Sp- I have nothing. I do. Safest play: Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb. What I thought they were going to do, Saquon Barkley draft a quarterback. Probably Josh Allen. What they did do, total confusion. Hey, guys, you want to be 0-16 and have another party this year? Sure, Bob, let's do it. That's I mean, that's, that's exactly what it feels like. Remember when we were terrible? Oh, my God, but we still are. What? <laughs> Tyrod Taylor is not a bad quarterback, and everybody talks about he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't go to the playoffs either. He doesn't turn the ball over, but he also doesn't go to the playoffs. He went one time. He went one time, and the offense couldn't score at all against the Jacksonville Jaguars, best defense in the country. Shout out, what's up now? So what in the actual hell is going on? 
Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. Okay, what else? Does he throw the deep ball? Does he utilize his receivers to the best of his ability? No. Does he throw the outside route and put a guy on the sideline 70 yards down the field? No. Does he command an offense that is consistently bringing it to the other team? No. Is he the dual threat that I thought he was? No. Then what are you doing? What are you doing? You have Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman. You need to throw the damn ball down the damn field. You got to do it. I love every time I hear anything about Ty. Anytime I turn on the television, you know Tyrod Taylor's not a bad pickup because he doesn't turn the ball over. He also doesn't win a lot of games. If all somebody had to say about, well, he doesn't he, he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. What? Okay, okay, he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. Does he have a lot of touchdowns? Does he have a lot of wins? This team is 0-16. They don't need a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. They need a guy who doesn't turn the ball over, comma, and then wins the game. It's so stupid. Tyrod Taylor had Zay Jones from East Carolina, okay, as a rookie last year. You didn't hear Zay Jones' name more than once or twice. Why? Because there's no ball being thrown down the field. Zay Jones played every single wide receiver position at East Carolina, from my now, went all over the place, all over the field, did whatever he needed to do, whatever he needed to do. He is the all-time career reception yards leader in NCAA football history. And you didn't hear about him more than one time. What does that say about Tyrod Taylor? And Zay can get better. But what does that say about Tyrod Taylor? They had Calvin Benjamin when he was healthy for a few games. What does that say about Tyrod Taylor that nothing happened with Calvin Benjamin? What does it say about Tyrod Taylor that when he went out of the game against Jacksonville in the AFC wildcard round that friggin' Nate Peterman, who had made 972 mistakes up to that point, looked good before he threw his interception. Granted, I understand he turned the ball over, but he looked damn good. He ran the ball for like 15 yards. Tyrod Taylor's going to be our guy. Well, good luck with that. He doesn't turn the ball over. He also doesn't win games. Again, this is not a witch hunt. This is not a personal attack. I'm I'm trying to I'm stating the truth here. Okay? If the Browns said we're going to we're going to take Ryan Leaf out of retirement, what am I supposed to say? He's a phenomenal quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over, guys. He doesn't win. Cleveland is 0 and 16. The sad part is if they win one game this year, I feel like a lot of people in the dog pound will be like, hey, it's not a bad season, not a bad season. But it's like, I mean, glass half full, God bless you. But I'm looking at this thing going, what, why? Bradley Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and a cornerback. Have fun, Cleveland. I don't get it. I don't. 
We have other people to talk about in this draft. We'll do that in just a moment here. I'd wake up calling Dan Tortora. I can't let Cleveland be the whole thing, but they definitely could be. We'll be back in just a second here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And by the way, Cleveland, I love you, okay? This has nothing to do with the city. This has to do with stupid decision-making. And if you think that I'm wrong, tell me when you've been to the playoffs since 1999, and then we can discuss that. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, but we'd be here forever. So let me say this, Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. And on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. The pick is in. Folks. And it is that Cleveland once again amuses themselves, but nobody else. I don't get it. It's crazy. So this is how the top 10 went. Number one, Baker Mayfield to the Browns. Didn't agree with that. Thought it should have been Saquon Barkley. Number two, Saquon Barkley to the Giants. Why? Because the Giants aren't stupid. I thought they would go with Sam Darnold. So he was still left, which knocked the dominoes to three for the Jets, who were thinking Josh Rosen was going to be there, but not Sam Darnold, potentially. So they take Darnold. So when Baker Mayfield goes one instead of... or Yeah, when Baker Mayfield goes one instead of Barkley... That leaves the Giants saying, okay, we'll take Barkley. Which leaves the Jets saying, okay, we'll take Darnold. Which leaves the Browns saying, okay, we'll not follow suit. We will not make the Dominoes fall where they may. We're not going to take Bradley Chubb. We'll take Denzel Ward. Which led the Broncos to saying, why would we trade down? Give us Bradley Chubb. Which left the Colts to do what I thought they would do, which was take Quentin Nelson. I also had the Broncos taking Bradley Chubb. So, shout out to that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number seven, they gave up their pick to the Bills, who said, holy sweet mother, Browns, thanks for giving us Josh Allen. We'll take him. 
which leads the eighth pick, the Bears taking Roquan Smith, which I also had. Oh, thank you. San Francisco 49ers, I thought they'd go defense. They went offense with Mike McGlinchey trying to run that ball and protect Jimmy Garoppolo for a long time coming. Number 10th overall pick was supposed to go to the Raiders, who I thought would take offensive tackle Orlando Brown. They traded the pick to the Cardinals, who said, thanks, Browns, for Josh Rosen. Then the Dolphins said, well, Minka Fitzpatrick fell out of the top 10. Ain't that a B? We'll take him. Which led the Bucks, who had traded down in order to let the Bills go 7, the Bucks traded down to 12 to take Vita Vea. Arguably the number one D tackle in the draft, which led the Redskins to say, okay, Vita Vea is not available, who I thought they would take. But obviously, with the sh- and that lo- it looks like they would have taken him. Because at 13, I had the Redskins taking Vita Vea, but because of the trade between the Bucks and the Bills, which led to the Bucks taking Vita Vea, that left the second best arguable defensive tackle. So I still feel like I got that right in some respect there, obviously, because they said, okay, well, Vita Vea is not there, so we will take Deron Payne at 13. Then the Saints traded up with the Green Bay Packers at 14 to take Marcus Davenport. Defensive end from Texas San Antonio, which led us to 15th, which is where the Raiders traded down to in order to let the Cardinals go 10th. The Raiders traded down the draft to take Colton Miller, who's an offensive tackle. I thought they'd take Orlando Brown, but same position. I thought they'd go offensive tackle. They did. The Bills get 16th overall pick. They take Tremaine Edmonds, who fell down to them, who I thought was going to get taken in the top 11, he falls down to 16. Derwin James falls to 17 after I thought the Bucks would take him, but the Bucks traded down. So, makes sense there that they traded down and ended up getting Vita Vea, who was available. So, Derwin James goes to the Chargers. The Packers, who I thought might go corner, did go corner, and they take Jair Alexander at 18th after they traded down. The Cowboys are at 19th. We're thinking, are they going to take the guy to replace Des Bryant? Nope. They took defensive end Leighton Vanderesh, which is smart. Even though I didn't say it, it was smart. See, folks, this is what happens when you don't have an ego and you're like, I'm right all the time. I thought that they would take a wide receiver. They didn't. But guess what? They took a defensive end, which is very smart because the last time the Cowboys defense was good, they actually spent some time drafting defensive ends and getting guys like DeMarcus Ware and Marcus Spears and putting them out there and utilizing them on the defensive side of the ball to attack the quarterback. So Leighton Van Der Esch from Boise State, I like it. Then, with the 20th pick, I thought the Lions were going to do something crazy and take a running back. They took a center, Frank Ragnow, to protect and help out Matty Stafford. Then, the Bengals said, well, darn it all the heck. I thought the Bengals would go offensive line. They did. I thought they'd go tackle. They went with center Billy Price out of Ohio State. Then the Titans did what they do to the Jaguars from time to time, and that's take things away from them. They had the Bills pick at 22 because of the trades and everything going on, and the Titans took Rashawn Evans, who I thought would be great if he fell to the Jaguars who need an inside linebacker with Paul Puzlesny retiring. Then at 23, I thought that the Patriots would take an offensive lineman, and they did. They took the guy that I thought the Titans were going to get, and with the Titans not picking him up, Isaiah Wynn goes to the Patriots. So I thought the Titans would take him a little bit 
later in the draft, uh, two, two picks later, but he was already off the board going to the Patriots. Then the Panthers selected wide receiver, spoiler alert, they got DJ Moore out of Maryland. I had them going for Jair Alexander, who was picked earlier on. And then the Titans pick was given up to the Ravens, who took Hayden Hurst, who I thought was going to go a couple picks later. But the Ravens put themselves in a position to take him at that place because and, and not leaving him available to the New Orleans Saints, who had already traded up and done all these things. So I thought if the Saints had stayed at 27, that there was a chance that you know Hayden Hurst would go there, but the Ravens got him at 25th out of South Carolina, and they haven't had a good tight end in a really, 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 really long time. Atlanta does something that's not shocking, and they draft a wide receiver, and they took Calvin Ridley. They have, obviously, Julio Jones, but they lost Taylor Gabriel, and they know that change is coming at some point because Roddy White's not there anymore, and Julio Jones gets hurt every year and always has to deal with foot, foot issues, ankle issues, and whatnot. I pray and I hope that that doesn't happen from here on out for the young man, but it unfortunately has happened up to this point. The Seahawks get Rashad Penny. How about that? They get a running back on in a backfield where nobody ran the ball well last year, and I spoiler alerted that for you when we were doing our fantasy drafts that you would be insane to take any of the running backs from Seattle, and none of them produced. None. So they have Rashad Penny now to move forward. Then Terrell Edmonds marks the first time brothers were ever drafted in the first round together in the entire history of the NFL draft. Tremaine Edmonds and Terrell Edmonds, both from Virginia Tech moving forward. Terrell going to the Steelers, who I could see them taking a safety because they need some safety help. I am also, I had them taking Sony Michelle, but safety was my second thought because they really haven't had a standout safety that they've bought into for a long time. Then the Jaguars confused me. The Jaguars at 29th overall said, hey guys, remember how we have 972 defensive linemen? I understand that they have the number one defense in the country. I understand that they're stacked. I understand that they can rotate guys in and out and build longevity. Maybe that's what we're looking at here is longevity, saying that you know, if you play if you play for the Jaguars, you don't have to play every down, and we could just rotate guys in and out. This is what the Jaguars currently have on their defensive line. With the drafting of Taven Bryan out of Florida, they have Taven Bryan, Yannick Ngakwe, Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler Jr., Marcel Darius, Dewan Smoot, Avery Jones, and now Bryan. So for those of you that are playing the home game, they have eight defensive linemen that could all go out there and potentially start, which means that they can put out a line for the first quarter, then a line for the second. They can literally switch their lines in and out, bring guys in, put guys out. The interior of the line, guys all over the place. And if you need somebody to move back and forth, insane. I understand it in the sense that the Jaguars have a line that is tenacious and the best in the country, and now you're adding somebody else to it. So it's like, if we have three injuries, we still have five players. Just building your, just stacking, stacking, stacking. 
stacking the line. Where it doesn't make sense is you needed a linebacker. Where it doesn't make sense is you needed a tight end. So that confused me. Mike Hughes went 30th out of Central Florida. Love it. Love Central Florida and what they're doing there. Mike Hughes goes to the Vikings. I had them taking Josh Jackson, who is also a corner, because I had Mike Hughes potentially going earlier to the Chargers. So the fact that he fell to that point makes sense because I thought the Vikings would draft a corner. They did. Mike Hughes fell to them. Why not get him? The Patriots, what did I tell you about the Patriots? I thought they'd take a tight end here, maybe send a message to Rob Gronkowski. What did I tell you about the, What have I told you about the Patriots for years? They're smarter than everybody else. They're smarter than everybody else. They got the sec, arguably the second best running back in the draft behind Saquon Barkley in Sony Michelle at the 31st overall pick on a team that has no-name running backs that become something. They have Sony Michelle now. The New England Patriots, who have Tom Brady and all the other good stuff, now they have Sony Michelle. Oh, bye, Deion Lewis. Have fun in Tennessee. We're going to draft Sony Michelle. Are you kidding me? The Patriots got Sony Michelle. The only thing that would be crazier but still make sense if it was the Patriots is if you told me that Sony Michelle dropped to the fourth round and they picked him up casually. Choke it a little bit here on the show. Uh, uh, <coughs> Ooh, I'm choking like the Cleveland Browns in the draft. Wow. <coughs> Pardon me. Whew. <coughs> Lamar, <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Choking like the Cleveland Browns in the draft. Have some fun. Lamar Jackson, 32nd overall. You thought maybe he wouldn't go in the first round. After the decision was made by numerous teams to pass on him. But that was dictated by the stupidity of the Browns. The Browns take Baker Mayfield, which left Sam Darnold to the Jets, which left Josh Rosen falling, which left Josh Allen falling. It ultimately (coughs) affected Lamar Jackson falling because the Cardinals got a quarterback and the Bills got a quarterback and the Browns got a quarterback, and the Jets got a quarterback. So <clears throat> Philadelphia, who really didn't need to draft in the first round, they just won a Super Bowl, and everybody's saying they're going to take a running back. Why in the hell would they take a running back? They have more than one serviceable back right now on their team. They have more than one guy that could take care of business right now. So why would you draft another running back? If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, why would you do that? It made no sense. Johnny said, don't you go down on me. I said, Johnny, I'm just, I'm choking like the Browns when the clock's running down. That's, that's all that's happening. So Philadelphia's got Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, and then let's see what happens with Wendell Smallwood already on the team. Why would you take a running back? What else do you need? Right? They have Elshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Mike Wallace, Matt Collins. You got receivers. You got Greg Ward Jr. Hey. Good stuff. Transition out of quarterback to wide receiver. 
can be a threat, even in the special teams game. You got Zach Ertz, and you got Richard Rodgers backing him up. He used to play with Green Bay. Even though you lost Trey Burton, your defense takes care of business and does what they need to do. And, you, and you're stacked on offense. So Cleveland or Philadelphia, you don't have to draft in the first round. There was really no crazy necessity. So you trade out to get more. You let Baltimore come in. What did Baltimore draft? The future. Baltimore drafted the future. Baltimore said, Joe Flacco, you're on the clock. We'll take a step aside and wrap up the show right after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt.com. DT here speaking with you on the NFL drafts round one pick by pick who did I have and who got drafted where did they get drafted a bunch of these teams I mean the Browns threw everybody into a tizzy because Denzel Ward coming off the board at number four at corner when I didn't think the Browns needed a corner 
when he came off the board at number four, that changes things. And Baker Mayfield, when he comes off the board, that changes things too. It sent got it sent a bunch a bunch of trades, in my opinion, happening. It sent out those trades, the Bills trade, the Cardinals trade, trying to figure out who's there. You know, Vita Vea going, and then Deron Payne going right after Marcus Davenport going a little bit earlier because the Saints saw their guy Derwin James fell. We look at something, you know, Josh Rosen fell with all of this going on. Bradley Chubb went where he was, where I thought he was supposed to. Quentin Nelson went where I thought he was supposed to. Josh Allen fell a little bit. Tremaine Edmonds fell a little bit. It's just, it, craziness. It is. It's just, it's absolute and utter craziness. The Browns affected this draft in such a crazy way and when we did our mock draft, you know, we didn't put into account that the Cleveland Browns are not that intelligent when it comes to drafting. So, but it's just, oh boy. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolute craziness. So my biggest surprises of the draft in the first round. Well, obviously, you know, Cleveland's picks were surprises. Saquon not going first was a surprise. Baker Mayfield going to the Browns after they have already dealt with antics from another quarterback who doesn't have the restraint. And I'm not saying that teams like Kansas didn't push him, but you have to be the bigger person, not the same person or the smaller person, but the bigger person, which go watch a video on Baker Mayfield grabbing his cojones and saying some very sweet words to Kansas. Other surprises for me, Harold Landry not getting drafted in the first round out of Boston College, outside linebacker, Cortland Sutton not getting drafted in the first round. A little bit of a surprise there. Great hands. He'll be a steal for anybody in the second round after not getting drafted in the first. Darius Geis, him not going. A little bit of a surprise there. I don't know. I don't think he was a first rounder, but I thought somebody was going to mistakenly maybe pick him there. So not too many crazy surprises outside of the fact that the Patriots ended up with Sony Michelle because the Patriots always get whatever the hell they want. And the Cleveland Browns ended up with more questions than answers, per always. So let's get back to Lamar Jackson. The Philadelphia Eagles really didn't, they don't have a crazy need right now. So they go, yeah, Baltimore, you can come back into the draft. 32nd pick, the final pick of the night, the Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. Guess what that means, folks? It means that Joe Flacco's days are numbered. It means that the Ravens are changing their system. And there's a guy on the staff of the Baltimore Ravens that was helping bring along and tutor this guy that you might remember whose name was Michael Vick, who ran the ball pretty well. And Lamar Jackson runs the ball pretty well. So Baltimore's changing. And I think this can be great for Baltimore. I think that this could be amazing for Baltimore, getting Lamar Jackson. Because, number one, I've covered Lamar Jackson his entire college career. Number two, I've spoken with his head coach, Bobby Petrino, about him all throughout his college career, including a couple days ago. Number four, I've interviewed Lamar Jackson. So I've been around the guy. He's extremely talented, but I actually got to spend some time connecting with him through his head coach or through speaking with him or through watching his games live on location when he's going up against Syracuse and whatnot, or, you know, just simply watching the games 
in general. Lamar Jackson is a threat, and he's going to a team that needs new blood. He's going to a team that needs new life. He's going to a team that needs a change because Joe Flacco did well in the beginning of his career. And then don't knock Joe Flacco. Like I said, it's not all him. He had a season where he was down to his fourth or fifth string running back, fourth or fifth string wide receiver in the same year. He's, there's been injuries to the tight ends for the last three years at least. There's been injuries to his top receivers and to his running backs the majority of recent history. So he's been out without a bunch of his skilled guys. But, again, Blake Bortles was throwing to his fifth and, stri- fifth, fifth and sixth string wide receivers in the playoffs and almost went to the Super Bowl, mind you. So we can say Joe Flacco is without a lot, but Blake Bortles didn't make any excuses. And I don't hear Joe Flacco making any excuses. I'm stating that the Joe Flacco beginning of his career, very different from the now of his career. And Joe Flacco never had the great most elite players but he's dealt with a lot of injury to skill guys that can affect a quarterback's performance and then I gave a shameless plug to the fact that Blake Bortles apparently sucks yet when he had a bunch of guys go down that could have affected his performance he got better so I'm saying two things Joe Flacco not doing what he used to do And some of that might have to do with injuries. And then secondly, Blake Bortles dealt with a bunch of injuries to skill players and still kicked people's tails up and down and around the corner. Lamar Jackson's a great move by Baltimore. Total shift. Total system change. Total reset. I love it. Because I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson. I'm a big fan of his tenacity. He looked into the camera yesterday and Dion asked him, like, are you surprised that you went lower? Are you surprised you didn't go where you thought you would go and this, that, and the other? And he was like, no, I'm happy to be a Baltimore Raven. That's it. I'm not thinking about anything in the past. I'm happy to be a Baltimore Raven. And he looked in the camera and said, I'm going to bring a championship to Baltimore. You can believe that. That's what he said. And I quote, believe that. Championship to Baltimore. Big words. Shall we see what's on the Baltimore roster currently? We shall. That's what we're going to do. Let's look at Baltimore right now. What Lamar Jackson's getting. What type of personnel are going to be around Lamar Jackson? Shall we? Alex Collins, breakout player out of Arkansas, drafted in the fifth round. Got them in free agency from the Seahawks, Alex Collins. When they got annihilated by the by the Jaguars in London, 44-7, the only ray of hope was Alex Collins. You have Javoris Allen. He's okay. Kenneth Dixon, we'll see. They bring in Michael Crabtree from Oakland. They bring in John Brown from Arizona. They bring in Willie Sneed from New Orleans in a total change in their wide receiver core. They still have Brashad Perriman and Chris Moore, but everybody, their top three guys, 
all new. Now they have Hayden Hurst at the tight end position. Besides that, they had Nick Boyle and Max Williams. Max Williams gets injured all the time, unfortunately. So that's what Lamar Jackson has now. He's coming into an era where they have Hayden Hurst. They have So they have a new tight end. Their top three wide receivers are all new. Alex Collins is a new starter after being underappreciated to start last season. So there's all this newness. There's nothing saying that they're not going to say, hey, Joe, we had fun with you. Drafted you in the first round, 18th overall in 2008. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy your next home. Lamar Jackson is coming onto a Baltimore team with new at running back, new at wide receiver, new at tight end. There is nothing saying that this move wasn't to say goodbye to Joe Flacco a little bit earlier. Because if you bring in Lamar Jackson right now, you could start changing the system right now, and Michael Crabtree is new to the team, so he didn't learn a system in Baltimore. John Brown didn't learn a system in Baltimore. Willie Sneed didn't learn a system in Baltimore. Hayden Hurst didn't learn a system system in Baltimore. And Alex Collins wasn't utilized enough. So if you change right now, you change the guard to Lamar Jackson and take Joe Flacco out, put Lamar in, guess who's looking for a quarterback right now? Cleveland. So Joe can go there. Joe could go to Jacksonville, back up Blake Bortles, but I don't think that would work out. The Ravens have set themselves up for a changing of the guard, and don't be surprised if it doesn't happen right now. Or don't be surprised if it happens right now, is what I meant to say. Don't be surprised if it happens right now. Because your receivers, they don't know Joe Flacco as their quarterback. Hayden Hurst doesn't know Joe Flacco as their quarterback as his quarterback. So you say Lamar Jackson is going to be the guy. Here's the system. Let's learn it. They would all be learning it at the same time together. Instead of Hayden Hurst, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed, all having to come on to Baltimore, learn the offense of Joe Flacco, and then have everything change next year and learn it of Lamar Jackson. Why not take all the newness and keep it new and make it fresh and move forward? Don't be surprised if Lamar Jackson is your starting quarterback, Baltimore. It makes sense that he would be next season, but it also makes a lot of sense that he could be this season as well. And I don't know how many fans are going to want to watch Lamar Jackson sit and watch the game. I think they would prefer to watch Lamar Jackson on the field doing amazing things. And and then that's nothing against Joe Flacco. I'm just saying the chips have fallen in such a way that it makes perfect sense that Lamar Jackson would step in right away, could step in right away. And why teach an offense this year and then a new offense next year for the guys that you're just bringing in for the first time? Sit and think about that. Let it marinate for a moment. Outside of that, the first round was crazy and it was insane. Let's, Let's look at the draft order for each round from here as we move forward. Because I want to see 
as we're going here in the second round, third round tonight, I want to go over with you what's going down. So as it stands right now, we have, now there's been some trades and some things that have changed, but I want to, I want to take a look at round two because the Cleveland Browns have another crack at the beginning of this round. We'll see what they do for round number two to stun the world once again. All I got to say is Cleveland, Cleveland does a great job drafting for other teams. They gave the Giants Saquon. They gave the Jets Sam Darnold. They gave the Broncos Bradley Chubb. They gave the Colts Colts Quentin Nelson. They gave the Bills Josh Allen. The Browns have the first pick and the third pick of the second round. Okay? We're still very early in the draft. There's still a whole lot of talent out there. And the Browns are picking twice in the top three picks of the second round. Let me tell you who's still available, shall I? This is who's still out there. If they, they're not going to go for a quarterback, obviously. Well, they could. You know, I can't say that they're not going to do something because usually that means that they will because it's always opposite day for the Browns. But they could they could get Darius Geis. They could get Carrion Johnson from Auburn at the running back position. They can get Ronald Jones at the running back position. They can get Nick Chubb. They can get Naheem Hines. Any of those guys at the running back position are still available. They could get Cortland Sutton. At the wide receiver position out of SMU, Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. They could get Simi Cobbs from Indiana at the wide receiver position. Deion Kane, any of these guys. DJ Chark, Alden Tate, all available. Tight end-wise, they got David Njoku, so let's not go tight end for them. They don't need a tight end. Offensive tackles, there's still guys out there. Orlando Brown's still out there. I thought he was a first-rounder. He's still there. Brian O'Neill's still there. You got to do something with your offensive line. They're available. Offensive guards, Will Hernandez is still out there. Braden Smith is still out there. You still have some opportunities with those guys. Defensive ends behind Bradley Chubb and Marcus Davenport. Arden Key's still out there. Sam Hubbard's still out there. So there's a lot of moves that the Cleveland Browns could make to make them look somewhat still intelligent. My money is on they make none of the moves that I said. But, if they wanted to be smart, there's a lot to be had here. You have the first pick of the, th- of the second round, and you have the third pick of the second round. And you have the 32nd pick of the second round. You have three picks in the second round. For the love of Pete, don't mess this up. You need help on your defensive line. You need help on your offensive line. Draft accordingly. And Cortland motherfreaking Sutton is still available. There are first rounders, in my opinion, that are still available. Orlando Brown. Offensive tackle, outside linebacker, Harold Landry. Wide receiver, Cortland Sutton. There's a bunch of running backs out there. Offensive tackle, Brian O'Neill, who I interviewed out of Pittsburgh. They're all still there. 
draft accordingly. Cleveland, you crazy? There's plenty to be had still. And the Cleveland Browns are picking three times in the second round tonight. Three times. Twice in the top three picks. Let's see how well they draft for everybody else. The Giants, second pick. The Colts have two picks in the top five. Jaguars aren't going until 29th, so they're going to see how things fall out. The Bucks are picking a bunch. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of good players in this draft still available. And in the top five picks, it's Browns 1, Giants 2, Browns 3, Colts 4, Colts 5. There's a lot to be had here, folks. And round number three is also going to happen tonight. And in round number three, the Ravens are picking first, not the Browns, the old Browns. The Giants are second, and the Giants are fifth in the third round. There's some compensatory picks in in the third round. So we go to, instead of 32 picks in the third round, there's 36. The Jaguars still at the bottom of this one. Cowboys in the middle. Cowboys need a wide receiver. Cowboys' next pick is 18th of the second round, which is 50 overall, unless they trade up. The Colts got some prime real estate right there at four and five. And the Browns have some prime real estate at one and three of the second round. I watch in awe and in excitement. Center James Daniels from Iowa still out there. Like I said, Will Hernandez, Harold Landry, Josh Jackson, the corner from Iowa still there. Nick Chubb, Darius Geis, running backs. South Dakota State tight end Dallas Godert, who I also thought could go in the first round. All available. Ronnie Harrison from Alabama, the safety, still out there. Christian Kirk that I mentioned, wide receiver. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver. Anthony Miller from Memphis, wide receiver. DJ Chark, wide receiver. James Washington out of, out of Oklahoma State, wide receiver. Jesse Bates, the third safety out of Wake Forest, is still there. Ronald Jones, the running back out of USC that I mentioned, he's still out there. There's a bunch of players. Mason Rudolph still out there at the quarterback position out of Oklahoma State. Jerron Christian, offensive tackle out of Louisville, he's still there. Josh Sweat, defensive end from Florida State, he's still there. Let's see what Cleveland does. They could use a running back. They could use an offensive line help. They could use help on their defensive line. They'll probably draft a punter and somebody who retired because they got the wrong sheets when they were preparing for the draft. Cleveland, do something good today. Because the man on the front of my draft magazine, Saquon Barkley, is playing for the Giants. And there's nobody to block for him. Hey, Giants, why don't you get an offensive lineman? Cleveland won't. The Giants need to go after a tackle. Like now, like yesterday. There's a bunch of guys out there. I named them.
Go get some. I'm ecstatic about the NFL draft. And I'm ecstatic about all seven rounds. It has been a very interesting trade-laden first round. And I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen from here. And if for nothing else, the Cleveland Browns make it amusing. But Cleveland, I know that I've I know that I've picked today, okay. But in all honesty, I want you to get better. That's why I'm picking. I want you to improve. That's why I'm picking. I want you to to find success, which is why I'm picking. And, and to look at one more thing before I go, the NFL draft this year marks some history with the NFL drafts of the past. With five quarterbacks taken in the first round of this year's 2018 NFL draft with Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson, five guys going. It ties the 1999 NFL draft where five quarterbacks were chosen. Tim Couch, number one overall to Cleveland. That was a great... Oh, here you go. Here's some history. The only time in his... The only... <laughs> oh, gosh. The two times in history that five quarterbacks have been taken in the first round. 1999 and 2018. And Cleveland was picking first in both of those. And they... Chose players that made you scratch your head in both of those. Although I thought Tim Couch would be better. They chose Tim Couch, number one, goes to Cleveland. Donovan McNabb from Syracuse goes number two to Philadelphia in that draft. Other quarterbacks chosen were Dante Culpepper out of Central Florida to Minnesota. Cade Cade McNown, who was chosen out of UCLA to Chicago, and Achilles Smith, who was chosen out of Oregon to Cincinnati. Not only five quarterbacks chosen, but three quarterbacks in the first three picks and all five quarterbacks in the first 12 picks of the 1999 draft. The only draft that had more quarterbacks chosen in the first round was in 1983, where there were six quarterbacks chosen. John Elway went first overall to Baltimore out of Stanford. Obviously, we know that John Elway ended up making his hay with the Denver Broncos. So he was chosen first overall. Todd Blackledge was chosen by Kansas City out of Penn State, seventh overall. Jim Kelly was chosen 14th overall out of Florida by the Buffalo, or out of, pardon me, in Miami, Florida, by the Buffalo Bills. Tony Eason was chosen by New England out of Illinois. Ken O'Brien was chosen out of California Davis by the New York Jets. And then this really interesting quarterback that some people may know was chosen second to last, 27th overall out of 28 first-round picks out of Pittsburgh. His name was Dan Marino. In this draft, you have Hall of Famer Jim Kelly, Hall of Famer Dan Marino, Hall of Famer John Elway. So, 
Five quarterbacks chosen in 2018. Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson. Five chosen in 1999. Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Achilles Smith, Dante Culpepper, and Cade McNown. The only draft that took more quarterbacks in the first round, and in less picks, mind you. They took six in 28 picks. This year, it was five in 32. But six in 28, John Elway, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, Ken O'Brien, Tony Eason, Todd Blackledge, craziness, three Hall of Famers, 50% of the quarterbacks chosen in the first round in 1983 were Hall of Famers. So, little historical lesson. And that in 1999, the Browns had the first pick as a new expansion team. And in 2018, because they stink, they had the first pick not as an expansion team. And they drafted quarterbacks that make you scratch your head. So all we've learned from 1999 to 2018 is maybe the Browns haven't learned anything. I hope they have. I hope they draft better tonight. Cleveland, I love you. Okay, to the city, there's there's no hate. There's no nothing. But if you're a Cleveland Brown fan that's like, yay, picks, I question where you're at in life at this point. Have a great day, folks. Enjoy yourselves, and I will talk with you Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time following the entire draft, and we'll have more than enough to talk about next week. Every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, Wake Up Call is live with you here on MixLR.com backslash Call. DT. It is now time for you to become a member and you can do it for free on mixlr.com backslash DT. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at calldt, on Instagram at wakeupcall underscore dt, and that you like the page on Facebook at wakeupcalldt. In the meantime, God bless you. Have a phenomenal day and a great weekend and always be good to one another. Be well, everybody, and go see Avengers Infinity War at least four times this weekend. I'll talk to you soon.